And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop! Hope Mullinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast that... Oh, oh do you hear that? Hear that? Those, those jingling sounds? Chris puts some jingling sounds in the background when you edit this. Jingling, hear that? Hear that, Chris? What's that? They're jingle bells. You I don't hear me? anything. I don't hear anything, Hope, because you can't tell me what to do with my sound effects. I, know so I don't hear just anything. Like I just hear the regular ringing in my ears from being in bands and going to too many concerts. <laughs> I just love the thought of you like putting underneath like screaming goats or something. Be like, yes, yes, the sounds of Christmas. <laughs> I'll put some. I'll put some. I'll put some inappropriate bells in there. But it's time once again for the J guys and Jedi. Holiday commentary. How you doing, Chris? Good. Good. Me and Chris are both tired today. <laughs> we're gonna we're sounding happy and peppy, but we're very tired. So we're good. We're glad that we're having like a nice, easy day watching a movie, a great movie. And what movie may you ask? Well, we've gone through all the Star Wars movies, so we have decided to t- start tackling Lucasfilm movies, films from Lucasfilm or stories that are by George Lucas or from the brains of him. And we decided to do a film that neither Chris and I had seen up until now. And we are talking about Willow, starring Warwick Davis. And it was great. (laughs) And I realized when I saw it was made in 1988 why I didn't see it, because I was in college. In my first year of college, I like maybe saw i saw a few movies but i was watching a lot of movies in class and no actually not my first year of college i might have gone to a couple movies like at the at the theater at the college which was showing you know like revival movies and stuff like that but like i just didn't uh i didn't have a tv in my room or anything so i wasn't even keyed into what movies were coming out or anything i was just doing doing school so this yeah this is one that, like, a lot of people who are a little younger than me, you know, this is just a state. This would have been, like, if if this would have come out in 84, 85, 86, I would have seen it just out of, because I was going to the movies every weekend, and I wouldn't I have missed. I think our listener, Patrick Delmar, I think it's Patrick. If it's not, whoever, if it's not Patrick, I'm so sorry, I'm getting this wrong, but he's been suggesting it to us for, like, three or four years now. Yeah, well, I've had people suggesting that I, or, or you know, not well, suggesting I watch it, but you know, it's one of those ones of there where they're just like, you know, like I've heard people make references to Mad Mardigan before, and I never knew it was a Willow reference or whatever a character Mad Mardigan. I'm like, oh, it must be from something I've never seen, which is true, it wasn't, and but now I know who, now I now I get that reference. Yeah, like I. I actually had, like, not an idea of what I was getting into. I had, like, no concept of this other than it existed and it had Warwick Davis in it. That was my extent of my knowledge. So when I was watching this, I was like, Val Kilmer? And then I had to Google. I was like, what does Val Kilmer look like again? Because I did not know who Val Kilmer was. He looks a lot like Harrison Ford in this one. (laughs) I 
can't put my finger on who he reminds me of. And well, he's played Jim Morrison before in the door. Yeah, he, you know he's but he's kind of one of those. He could I, he could he looks sort of like a lot. He's sort of got a lot of different actors' faces in there. Yeah, like I didn't recognize him right away, and maybe it was just because the wig he was wearing. But like I just I just did not recognize Val Kilmer right away. <laughs> I, I always I I I always see him as sort of he looks sort of like Harrison Ford mixed with uh, Brad Pitt. Like, uh, maybe that's it because Brad Pitt, ha- like Brad Pitt and Matt Damon, both have like that face that looks kind of the same, and I don't know which is which. Like you could hold up a photo of them, and I will not know who it is. And Ben Affleck too. The- those three actors, I always confuse. And Val Kilmer is like on the outside of that circle, where I'm just like, I kind of feel that way too. Yeah, They're kind of in that scene. Paul Newman, Robert Redford, you know, classic <laughs> movie actor, lead yeah. actor guy. Uh. I'm a little face blind, whatever. <laughs> but I, I never saw this movie because I was the age of Alora Danan when this came out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like a whole like nine months old. So <laughs> give or take a few months. So yeah, like I'm I'm really excited that like this is suggested to us and we finally sat down and finally watched it because it was it was a lot of fun. And there's I, I definitely feel like like the fantasy elements that George Lucas does with Star Wars. Like with Star Wars, George Lucas brings in like a bunch of like various cultures and mythology and politics. And this kind of has that same feel. Like it opens with a fucking Moses scene. <laughs> then you go into like, I, Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I've, I, yeah, I'll be picking, I'll be picking out all the, you know, I think the main, a, a big criticism. I remember when they came out, they were like, yeah, it's like a light, low-budget version of Star Wars, because it has, because it's the classic hero's journey, you know. I... So yeah, of course there's things in, in similar with Star Wars, but you know, Mad Mardigan's kind of a Han Solo-y, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of things that were going is... on at I this could... time. I couldn't figure out, like, I, I I was googling it and googling and googling it, and I couldn't find any like de- like definitive answers. But I have to wonder if Peter Jackson did not pull shots of Lord of the Rings from this movie. Because yeah. Mad Mardigan is, like, almost an Aragorn, and then you have these, like, wide, epic shots of the Nellens, I think they're called, like, walking across, like, these vast wastelands, and I'm like, God, did Peter well, Jackson rip off They were in movie? New Zealand. They were in New Zealand, that's why. A lot of this was filmed in New Zealand. And, and, um... It's so weird. I know so much about this movie because I read about it. I've read about it and and heard about it in intervening years, but never seen it. But I remember um, um, this is sort of like an amalgam. Like this was from like an old idea that George Lucas had for a movie called Munchkins. And it was sort of his simplified version of Lord of the Rings and a bunch of other myths thrown together into into something and it was something he had on the back burner and you know eventually became this and uh mm. yeah so it, it so it definitely you know there's there's a lot of lord there's a lot of lord of the rings you know i mean if people are like oh this was like star wars say it's a lot like lord of the rings but back in 1988 the the people who were into lord of the rings it was a book 
That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was yeah, there was yeah, a yeah. cartoon. There was a cartoon of it, but the cartoon was, wasn't super popular, so there wouldn't but be. But boy, people is it good! <laughs> Both cartoons are very good. Yeah. That that Gollum from I don't remember which one, but the one where he looks kind of like a frog. Oh, that gave me nightmares as a child. Yeah, from the Hobbit. Yeah. I'm trying Hobbit. to remember the 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 brother um brother um, shit his. He's he's a performer, and I highly recommend watching any videos you can find of him. He used to be on Dave Letter. He would come on David Letterman, but he was a New York City performer. Brother Theodore, Brother Theodore did the voice of Gollum in that. And Brother Theodore is what is what was a national treasure. And yeah, he he just made that voice evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. And- no, just regard any circuit either. So, <laughs> well, are you ready to get into this? Uh, I'm gonna yeah. give some background information, and then Chris will give us the rules of commentary, and we'll get started. Done good. So it works for me. Willow is a 1988 American dark fantasy adventure film directed by Ron Howard. It was produced by George Lucas, and the story was by from George Lucas, and it was written by Bob Dolman, who did the screenplay. Lucas conceived the idea of the film in 1972, approaching Ron Howard to, to direct it post in, during the post-production phase of Cocoon. Um, Bob Dolman was brought in to write the screenplay, and they came up with seven drafts before finishing in late eight, 1986. Um, let me scroll down. Warwick Davis stars as Willow Oofgood, and also stars Val Kilmer, Joanne Wally, uh, John Marsh, Patricia Hayes, Billy Barty, Pat Roach, Gavin O'Hillary, uh, Hurley, sorry, Kevin Polak and Eric Overton, and David J. Steinberg. Um, part of the production was uh, George Lucas wanting to have a similar intent to Star Wars, and he created a number of well-known myth- mythological situations for a young audience. During the production of Return of the Jedi, Lucas approached Ward Davis, who was portraying Wicked the Ewok, about playing Willow. Five years passed before he was actually cast in the role, and Lucas thought it would be great to use a little person in the lead role. A lot of my movies are about the little guy against the system, but this was just a little bit more of a, a more literal interpretation of that idea. Though, Lucas explained that he had to wait until the mid-80s to make the film because visual effects technology was finally advanced enough to make his, um, to execute his vision. And a cool note I found about the visual effects, um, <laughs> uh, they went to Industrial Lights and Magic, or ILM, who of course we know from Lucasfilm and blah blah blah. Um, they were having a lot of troubles, especially in the scene where Willow restores Finn Rizel from a goat to her human form. Um, and she had to go through several animals during that. So they had considered stop motion for the scene, and they also thought about using an optical dissolved cutaway. But uh, Dennis Murin, who was the ILM supervisor, found both stop motion and the optical vest to be too technically challenging and decided that the transformation scene would be perfectly the perfect opportunity for them to create advances with digital morphing technology. He proposed filming each animal and the actress doubling for uh, Hayes and then feeding the images into a computer program developed by Doug Smith. The program would then create a smooth transition from one stage to another before outputting the result back into one else. 
back out onto film. Smith began the development of the necessary software in September 1987. Hey, my birth year. And by March 1988, Murin and the fellow designer David Allen achieved what would become a representation breakthrough of computer-generated imagery, or CGI. So this was the earliest, earliest uses of CGI. Yeah, and it's not it's not as uh, when they really tried to for, like sh feature it in movies. I, there was a Stephen King movie. There were several of them, and it was really cheesy. And this one, well, when we, when we get to it, we'll see. It's it's not as it's not as cheesy. Those ones like look like a moving GIF now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or GIF or whatever. <laughs> I forgot this one. The two-headed dragon was called Eberists after film critics Gene Siskel and Robert Ebert. And the skull, the skull guy, uh, was named after uh, Colleen Kale, the yep. film critic too. Yep, yep. And she even said when she reviewed it that uh, General Kale was an homage to moi. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's some of the background stuff. All right, Chris, while I close this, maybe it's a two-hour movie. We got plenty of time to talk about everything else about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll also um, need to give the rules. So, Chris, for in case we have any newcomers, what are the rules of commentaries? All right. So my cat just jumped up on my lap and is curling up. She watched this movie the other night with me, so maybe she'll watch it again. There's some Cats things... are not required for commentaries, by the way. Some of the things I... They're not required, but it's just going to happen in my house. So I'm going to I'm gonna basically explain the rules to my cat because it keeps her occupied to think I'm talking to her. So basically, we've got a copy of Willow up. up uh, I don't believe there are any kind of director's cuts or anything. It's just a nice shot of Willow. We got it set at the zero zero point and ready to play and then i will do a countdown from three and when i say go you just hit play and we should be sufficiently synced up to to it's not like we're mystery science theater where we're putting words in anybody's mouth so it'll be close enough close enough for union work all right so if you're ready i am ready we will uh we will do this are you ready bernice she has no idea yeah all right here we go count down to willow three two one go oh. <laughs> you took like a slight pause there on the go and i was just like <laughs> Just making sure everybody's just a little bit out of sync. Yeah. It's, weird, it's weird seeing like uh, MGM before a Lucasfilm. And I, oh, I was just going to make a dumb joke of, we're no boing band, we're not in sync. <laughs> and I think Chris will help me. This was sort of like the... Like, the 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 beginning i think at this by this time there were a lot of like sword and sorcery and fantasy movies coming out and and obviously some of them made money but they were usually the low budget ones i think and and like when people tried to make big budget ones like dark crystal and stuff they lost money 
and this one sort of has a reputation for losing money, but it didn't. It made pretty decent money, but just they thought it was going to be Star Wars level of, you know, and it just wasn't. But, you know, what is? This is a strangely edited beginning. It's very... It, I, I thought that... I felt like about the first... I don't even want to say the first third. Like, maybe about the first, like, 20-ish minutes where, like, the kind of most awkward part of the movie. Though it does, like, scream, like, Prince of Egypt a little bit. Like, it's very Moses. Oh, yeah. But, but, like, I like when they... I could almost hear the music of, like, Hush now, my baby. Be still, love. Don't cry. And I was like, yes. Let's put some, some music on top of this. I, I think these tropes were a little worn out in those days and they're not as they're they're not they they don't feel as worn out. They're they're more familiar now and just these, more familiar. These hounds, those they're hounds, great. Are, I can't even tell that they're fucking puppets. Are they are did they just dress up some dogs? Like I can't tell if they're I'm, dressed up dogs or puppets. You know, I really I I, I should look that up because for, I mean they run through the forest obviously in the way that if puppets were doing it it would have been such a huge deal to pull it off that realistically that but i think it might be a combination of the two because when they're like when they were in that cage they're jumping up and down they were too, like could you get real dogs to they, it, it was just so perfect you know what i mean and it was dog like but not dog like at the same time so yeah. it, you know but uh yeah, this, it's, 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 I mean, it's not unusual to have like an epic story sort of just sort of start out running like this with the, you know, a, a sort of montage um, beginning, but it just leaps right into the story. It just goes on its feet. The death dogs. I am now in the Willow Wiki. Let's see if I can find an answer. There's a storm coming, Annie. That's totally what I think of when I see that lady. Or I, I see the lady of the of the lesbian kiss at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, here it is. The, the dogs were highly trained Rottweilers wearing fursuits oh. and rubber masks. Since oh, the dogs holy shit. caused serious damage, everyone was uh, kept well aware away from them whenever the dogs were on set. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. I wouldn't want to be putting rubber masks on Rottweilers. That's why they had to mention that they were highly trained Rottweilers. Please do not do this at home. I know, I know. But because like, they look so cool. I I like how they have rat tails too. Um, I know. I I'm just gonna say we we just sort of like you sort of gave our uh, thought process on how we picked this movie and the other two movies that we're gonna do. Um, commentaries for this is what a what a what a conveniently shaped pile of reeds <laughs> and it's like and you know what would happen you know what would happen if you launch this into any other stream in the world it would just get caught on those two rocks over there and just sit right there. Right there yeah yeah absolutely he still love don't cry. i have to say this baby is the most expressive baby i've ever seen in my oh life. my god like we got a catalog we got to name every expression they they must like, have just like, sat on every set and like tried to get it to do as many 
There's different... one where it kind of gives like someone a stink eye. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, total side eye. Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson's always a good name to see. But uh, um, I but think you just know Joe Johnson. He 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 just had a credit on here. What, what did he do? I wasn't paying attention. I, I'm not sure. I can't back it up. But I think it was one <laughs> Always of the good producers. to see his name, even though I don't know I what just, he did. <laughs> I just saw it on there, though. I swear. I, 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 I know I saw that. I know I saw it. Um, but uh, we sort of picked a nice... We For one, we picked a Warwick Davis trilogy. But we sort of picked this time period of 1984 to 1988 with 84 being the, the Ewok caravan of courage movie and 85 being the Ewok adventure. And this being 88 where that's what we should title this for like, this isn't commentary month. This is Warwick Davis month. It's Warwick Davis month. And, and, uh, the, um, I love on the it says da 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 as if it like the art. I just think the art movement. <laughs> da 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 da. Salvador Dali is in the. Oh, that's surrealism. <laughs> I like the acorn hat that he has. I um, I will never forget the time that I broke the kid that I I nannied because he was. I used to nanny a child, and he was about eleven, twelve, and this child was the most logical child I've ever met. Like he taught like. Like, for example, I was like, oh, I love what happens when it smells like rain. Like, I love the smell of rain. And he, like, broke into, like, the scientific, like, how the rain smelled. And I was like, whoa, he was that child. I explained to him what the Dada art movement was. And I was like, the moment it has a point, it's not Dada anymore. So he's like, but the point is there is no point. And I was like, yes. He's like, but that's the point. And I was like, that's the point. And he was like, what? And I broke this child for like two days. He talked about Dadaism. Yeah, yeah, good. It was great. That was a good week of work. Anyway, I think our little trilogy. so young in this, man. I love Mr. Barbacore, whatever his name is. He's such an asshole. And he gets all every, I love a character that's an asshole that gets his comeuppance every single time. (laughs) I love that he's got a pig. Uh, It's. That woman's probably like 30 years old and Warwick Davis is like 17 in this. Isn't he really that? Was he really that young? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing with little people. Little people have like this age age range where, you know. How old was he when he played Wicked? 12 or something like that. Ah, then yeah, he would be about seventeen or eighteen. He would be about seventeen, eighteen by the time this was filming and came out and stuff. I thought he was at least in his early twenties. Dang. No, I just remember seeing something where he was like, "It was really strange because I was playing, you know, like a full-grown man with kids and my wife, who was like a, you know, the age of like a real someone who would be a real mother with two kids, and he's like the seventeen-year-old kid." But um. It's I it, I think this is a nice little trilogy also because I think this is in the time period where George Lucas post Return of the Jedi and Steven Spielberg even was came to this realization for George Lucas. <laughs> Sorry. I'm listening. I just like the I will not be ignored. Gets left behind. Continue. As he's ignored. And uh 
I will say this movie has some of my favorite fucking one-liners in it. I was dying, especially a lot of the stuff that Mads Morgan said. Yeah, and it does a good job with having one-liner with the the language in this movie. The dialogue in this movie is really good with being like modern. It's not like super, you know. It's got a little Britishy, you know. But it's not like know, super high fantasy to where yeah, it's like and it's it's not people. it's it's not highfalutin or anything. But it also doesn't like it also isn't full of like modern, you know, turns of phrases and stuff. It's just generally just sort of like I I don't want to use the word generic communication, but it's just sort of like more it's, more timeless in yeah the context of like. 20th 21st century you know american culture or whatever because but it's very easy because like especially because you know i watch a lot of animated movies and there's this like thing about like using like very of the time jokes and it immediately dates the movie and this movie feels timeless because even though it's yeah. still it's not like high super high fantasy and not using all this like high fantasy mumbo jumbo so it's using a lot more like common lingo and stuff like that it's still not being like, oh, let no. me whip out my Walkman. <laughs> or, or just say as if or, so, you know, something like that. You know, it's Lord of, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings did a good job of 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 like making, you know, the low. Makers in that scene. This band's pretty metal for for a, a medieval uh, well, little Kenny person. Well, Kenny playing one of the instruments. Oh, I, there's got to be so I, there's got to be so many Star Wars veterans in this this village and Ewoks. You know, there's got to be so many Ewoks and kids. Look at that one guy where they got his hair cut to make his head look super long. He's probably got kind of a long head to begin with, but they cut his hair to. I something I do want to know is I like that they use little people, even with children, because like. When I think of something like like the movie that kept coming to my mind was the movie Elf with Will Ferrell, where they just use technology to make yeah. people look little, and well, this is so cool because well, that's because statistically, there's just not many little people, and so little people like, I mean, are just are they're just people, but yeah. like so statistically, there's not too many little people. So if you want to get a lot of little people, like just like what percentage of them are going to be good actors you know and like so you 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 see like you you see levels of little people acting in here and you're going to have the grand ma the grand master of little people is in this movie my one of my favorite actors of all time billy barty is just he's such a great actor he has such a a great face and voice he was sort of like the little person version of like Mickey Rooney mixed with Burgess Meredith. And uh, yeah, he's awesome in this. But this was, here he comes, here he comes. <laughs> I was so happy to see Billy Barty in this movie. But uh, this was, a, I think this was a time period where George Lucas was real, was realizing that he had like the movies he was making especially like after indiana jones and the temple of doom got so much scandal and pg-13 happened that he had lots of little kids 
and like those Ewok movies, when you see the Ewok movies, you'll see they're for a younger audience than this. But this is for a younger audience than, say, like your average Indiana Jones movie, you know? I was actually really surprised that it had such a low Rotten Tomatoes score and that, like, it was only a moderate success. And I was like, really? Like, this is fantastic. Yeah, it just if it would have come out a little earlier, I think it would have been bigger. But I think like at this time that like the heroes myth, I actually I actually passed the this test. I would have been the wizard's apprentice if I was there because I was like, he wants you to show your own finger. Now, I will say, spoiler, (laughs) the critic reviews were most of them were from the time that it came out. So the critic reviews, it only gives it a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has a 79% for audiences. Yeah, this is a, I mean, uh, this movie, this movie got oh, its legs I, I on cable mention, TV. I forgot to mention, too, in my background notes, that a Willow television series is coming next year to Disney yep. Plus, where Warwick Davis is reprising his role. And, um, <gasps> I blanked on her name, but she, she was in Solo. What's her name? Erin, um, oh, give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, Solo. What is her name? Kelly, um, she was in Falcon Winter Soldier. God, what the fuck is her name? I just blanked so hard on her name. Come on, Internet! Internet! <laughs> I like the dog cam is really slow. <laughs> Compared to how the dogs are running, when they show the, from the point of view, it's like, that dog's just, that dog's just trotting there. This little kid, man, look at her cry. Holy cow. Like, I wonder, like, how... Trim- I mean, that's a little... She's really... That's She's crying. She's... Get me out of here. <laughs> then again, they do have Rottweilers on set. I know. <laughs> Rottweilers, I mean, Rottweilers could really s- screw up anybody, but, like, little people especially. I mean, any dog can be trained a certain way. I mean, pities are, like... Like the like the sweetest dogs in the world. I've never met a pit bull that wasn't like super sweet. My sister used to own one, and that was the sweetest dog ever. This also shows how how much more violent movies were like for kids in the eighties. Oh yeah, the PGs. There's, there's there's a lot of killing in this movie. That was Erin Kellyman. There we go. Uh, she played Infus Nest. She's gonna be in the Willow TV show. I hope it. I I I hope it's good like the Dark Crystal, but I hope it. Like, like the Dark Crystal didn't get a second season, which is a crime. Just a flat-out crime. <laughs> it, literally, a good chunk of these sets look like parts of the Ewok playset. But, uh, like, actually, a lot of the design and character design, uh, getting back to Star Wars Vision, Visions, was by the French comic illustrator Mobius. Mm-hmm. Who was mentioned a lot in as a as a visions uh, inspiration? See, these houses are very Hobbit-like inside. That's why I was like, I have to wonder. And, and like I said, I, I was googling it and I couldn't find any definitive answers. But I have to wonder if Peter Jackson did not take inspiration from this movie. Now I did well, find out that the recent movie, um, The Green Knight with Dev Patel, actually took inspiration from Willow. Because um, they had a much smaller budget than they, they thought they were going to get. 
So they actually use a lot of the same methods of sets and stuff to make the Green Knight yeah. and, into Liberty, so it wouldn't have to be, like, perfect, perfect. So, but I couldn't book, find anything that said Peter Jackson took him from me. But I find that so hard to believe because some of these shots, like, scream Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, I mean, that's sort of a trapping of fantasy movies altogether. I mean, maybe we I'd love to do a uh, uh a series of just fantasy movies from when they start like from Conan on and to see how they like that baby has so much hair. <laughs> He's just oh, I love him. <laughs> I love him too. And I like I love that he gets his come up and constantly well, I, 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 he is one of the great. He's, he's a great wizard because. You oh can no, I'm see- talking about the the douchey guy who's just like I'm the seed master and blah, blah, blah. I love that he gets his comeuppance, but the wizard is great too. Yeah, this guy, he's a dick, and I love that he's always gets punished for being a dick. Yeah, well, I, I also like that he's just sort of there. He doesn't actually become a real... I thought he was going to sort of be a real heavy in the movie, but no, he's just sort of there to... I love this scene, because it's like, I don't see anything. Like, it, And it's just the, you have to go make your own destiny, kid. Get out there. This is what, yeah, this is what a wizard does. Whatever we decide, that's what the bones are going to say. So, you know, yeah. we're, make, you we're making the decision right now. So, like... It's great because this was really the real role of real like wizards and shamans and stuff. They would do they would do stuff like this, you know, because it was like somebody would need to like make a strong decision and do it. The bones say it. Everybody in the village says okay, and uh, done, done. You chose your own destiny, kid. Let's go. His daughter is something else. She's like, just that. She, look at that. She's so in the moment. Like her, Spielberg gets little kid faces. That's why like Ron Howard is a lot like that guy. The the warrior guy looks a lot like our fiddle player in my band, Howie. I um I, I will say <laughs> this is like the the one kind of criticism that I had. I, I had two big criticisms in the movie, and like one kind of got resolved, but like. I, I want to know more about these characters. Like, we only have, like, Migosh and Wolfner, uh, Vol- I think, is the the warrior's name. Like, they're only in this opening third. But they seem, like, really potentially very interesting characters. Well, guess and what, I, Hope? There's books. I know there's books. Uh, but, so, like, these are, like, the characters, like, I want to learn more. I, I, I wish we got to spend a little more time with because Willow and Migosh seem like they're really good friends. Like, but we don't really get to know why well, or how or anything like that. They were, they were, I don't know if they were, they were planning, but they were hoping for sequels to this mm-hmm. so that, you know, they probably maybe gave it a, a really like a lot, a lot of characters to, so they have some for the next, you know, get a bunch of, get a bunch of potential characters and whoever's available for Willow too, you know, we can, we can bring them out. I, I do but, have to. I would love to see a lot of these characters return. Actually, I mean, I think they could have cut. I I think like they could have tightened this movie up a little bit. 
except yeah except i feel i feel that a lot with the brownies there's, there's some fat in here but it's kind of delightful fat you know yeah. it, it doesn't add I feel to the that story also but with it's the... Fun. I feel that also with the brownies. Like I feel like the brownies are just kind of there, but they're also kind of delightful while being there. brownies are and brownies are underrepresented in movies. Brownies used I, to be a thing, you know. They used to I, be little storybooks about them for kids, and they were just, I, I, they were actually, like fairies and elves. I was going to talk about that because when we got to the brownies, because I was a Girl Scout, and when I oh, was yeah. a brownie, yeah. Uh, we learned all about the brownies and like what the, their character types were and like why they were important and like um, the stories of brownies. So like when I saw the brownie show up, I was like, whoa, brownies. I learned his, about that in Girl Scouts. His daughter totally has a store-bought. That's totally a store-bought handkerchief. <laughs> that's totally like the same thing. You would see that on some heavy metal dude, actually. <laughs> I love their romance. Willow and Kai are so cute together. They're so fucking cute. I love them. She's got a hobbit face. She 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 would be such a great hobbit in Lord of the Rings. She's got that round face and and just that, in, that English countryside her. look. Oh. She cuts her hair for him to be a good luck charm and remember him by. I did think the hair, I thought the hair was going to play like more bigger role. Um, like it would be like part of like some sort of magic thing, like magic of love or whatever. Um, so I was surprised to see that the hair didn't do more. But um, I, I love Kaya and Willow's romance. It's so sweet. <laughs> I think what I liked about it too, because then like there's not the whole like story trope of like, oh, he's being tempted in on the streets of love. I love this. The bird's flying, the bird's flying back to the town. Don't follow the bird. <laughs> See, like when when you get shots of the baby, you can tell whenever they did scenes in a seat in in a in a certain set. That's just a beautiful like fantasy novel cover map painting in the so, background there i was i was reading because they wanted to do some they wanted to shoot some of the shots in china but china wouldn't allow them so george lucas sent a group of photographers just to take I, photos around I, china I, I believe that shot of the waterfall right there is from china and so yeah, and so, like, uh, what they did is they did a lot of the walking shots in front of the green screen, so then they could put up the pictures that they shot in China because they weren't allowed to film in China. I love him! Get spat on, you jerk! Yeah! I have been there with my... The very first little, time I met little my... little tribute to the exorcist. The very first time I met my nephew, he absolutely spat up in my face, and I was like, I love you forever. That was gross. <laughs> I think they really under, under, and this is very typical of this time period, and maybe it's because I'm used to more modern. Her character is uh, super under uh, underdeveloped in here, and she's the, a great character the, actress. The, the daughter. The queen. Okay. The daughter's the daughter's got a great arc, and the, the daughter's she a little does. ahead of her ahead of her time as a character in one of these movies. Yeah. And the queen is totally of this time of where she's just you know evil to be evil. Yeah, she's 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 right out of a Disney movie. You know, I, I mean this. Like 
I do like how she starts off like very beautiful, but as like the movie progresses in the final fight, she gets uglier. And, oh, like, she, pal- she palpatines. She oh, absolutely. Palpatines right at, like as when we get to the end, I'm going to be just like, yes, ultimate <laughs> power. There's actually two palpatines fighting each other at the end of this. It's it's great. I love the end fight because I'm just like, old lady, bro. <laughs> her, her 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 advisor guy there looks like Bob Odenkirk from from uh, the Mister Show, and I can't take him seriously because it totally looks like his when he plays a wizard in skits and stuff. Warwick Davis actually looks he he changes a diaper like he's changed a diaper before. I expected this movie to be so much cheesier than it is. This this movie oh, yeah. is is very well put together. It's beautifully shot. The, have you ever you seen like the Popeye is... movie? Uh, the live action one. Yeah. No, I have not, but I've seen like clips of it. It has a similar it has a similar baby in it, and the baby loved Robin Williams. So whenever the baby and Robin Williams were together, the baby was just like reacting to him and it's like magical there's one time he's talking to it and the baby's looking at him and the baby's just like looks at him and goes baby and he goes that's right you're a baby like it just keeps going on with his lines oh, like this this screams like how did peter jackson not take any of these scenes like well, from the ring rate, sort of from like the ring that, rates so. chasing the hobbits to like these shots like these i'm just like how did peter jackson not you know, but here's another thing about Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings had a huge like was like where you know how sort of they say Star Trek fandom is the beginning of fans really like sort of Lord of the Rings was, had fan art like painted. Um, like, I'm Lord, sorry, they have nothing on the Sherlock Holmes fandom. Well, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, but Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but Sherlock Holmes had like was paintings of like known properties you know like victorian england oh that was like the first like like first time like fans were fucking crazy and like sending threats to arthur conan doyle when he killed sherlock right but i mean like for the lord of the rings before anybody made a movie before anything for year for decades there was like lord of the rings calendars coming out with like you know intensely detailed paintings and stuff and all that stuff turned up in the animated Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson's. Cause it's just, if you were a Lord of the Rings fan, you were steeped in that, you know, there were different uh, covers to the, the paperbacks and stuff like that. And there were books of books of art of, you know, inspired by. He's got a little. Bit camp. How did they like never see him there? Like they've been obviously there for hours. That, that was like well, the look one at him. Bottle. He looks. He looks just sort of like a pile of debris at the bottom of. <laughs> you know, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, sweetie. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing is, if you're locked up in here, why are you trying to make enemies? <laughs> I know. This is where but I was he's like, supposed to, he's first, supposed to have a first, character arc, you know? Yeah, yeah. But this is where I was like, the first third was a little bit rough. But oh my god, he's so fucking damn charming. Well, I, I think I think they like they're they're, <laughs> they're really trying to like um um drive home. Yeah, look at that. Look at but it's a smile. That was like a Carrie Fisher smile of like, yeah, okay, sweet talker. Thanks, babe. You're trash. Not, not buying it, but liking it at the same time. 
it's a complex baby emotion, but like, yeah, like. People, you know, I think when this movie came out, they were like, okay, here's Han Solo, you know. See, he doesn't feel very, like, I, I can see why you're saying that, but he never once felt Han solo e to me. He doesn't I see, anymore. I, I see why. It, it doesn't that, anymore, but, like, the tr- those tropes were so, that one, that one the guy, over, the other guy over Willow's shoulder looks like Chico from the Marx Brothers. And I can never get over it. He's got the curly hair and the eyebrows that he just always looks like. All he needs is Chico's hat and he would be like a dead ringer. He like, I, th- I think his character's name is Begoff. Um, he feels like a prototype Samwise to like Willow's Frodo. Yes. Yes. But actually Willow reminds me of more of the Samwise right. kind of the- character. Like he's the more archetype Sam- Samwise. Like if they gave him the Sam the ring and not Frodo. I like I like that Will, Willow is I I think they're trying to just play up how how looked down upon the pecs are, and uh, it's so funny because pecs is such a weird it's not a swear but it sounds like he, it, every time people call them pecs it sounds like they're calling them pricks, which is yeah. funny because they're 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 not like hobbits they're not like super friendly, polite like hobbits but they're generally, what I like about what I like about Willow too, is he isn't. He's a he's a balanced hero, you know. Yeah. He's not making stupid. He makes mistakes, but he's not making stupid mistakes based on. He doesn't like, have the Harry Potter syndrome where he's like, "I'm the hero. I will run into battle." Once he gets there, he's like, "Fuck! What do I do?" Like, no. Like he he's very thoughtful and he thinks things through. And like I like the fact that he's you know resistant to the call to adventure and he's unsure. And yeah. It, and, a lot of it that actually something I really like about Willow's character is he pulls a lot from being just a father. Like there's one yeah, scene yeah. later on where like he's with a group of like like soldiers and the soldiers are like, keep that baby quiet. He looks right at the soldier and says, she needs to be changed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's a, from being a dad. And I and like that a, about him. That's an unusual thing about this is usually like the character is like a Luke Skywalker where he, you know. You 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 fit, figure him having a family is for after his after adventure, you know. Yeah, no, it was, but it's the the, the happily ever then, after. But Willow fucked and then went on an adventure. Good for him. Yeah, he no, but, no, but like by by but it gives him a maturity, so he's not making dumb mistakes. You know how you know how like usually in a in an adventure movie like this, somebody will just make a stupid mistake or start a fight or something because they're just being like Mad Mortigan? Being stupid. Yeah, Mad Morgan Mad Mortigan a little bit, yeah, but in in this it's not written badly either. You know what I mean? Yeah. He fucks I, I, too, but he fucks uh not from a place of love. He fucks from a place of lust. <gasps> he sells our man. <laughs> Well, you know what? You know what else I think might have been like why this movie didn't do as good because it came out right, right after the Princess Bride, and it has a lot oh. of similarities to the Princess Bride. Except the Princess Bride is the Princess Bride is a little more of a, this is very Lucasfilm. This is very much like a lot of Lucas and Spielberg stuff and fantasy stuff that people had seen, whereas the Princess Bride presented it di- freshly. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people like got their fix of it with the Princess Bride, even though it was like lower budget and stuff. And uh, and that's the thing with fantasy 
is the the low budget ones seem to be the ones that do well and make money and the mm -hmm. high budget ones are to to do a high budget one i mean there's a lot of like this doesn't have the the special effects of like star wars but it puts its money in different things like costumes and you know building villages and stuff so it's it, it costs a lot to make a high budget you know to get that many soldiers marching in costume oh that's of... that's my argument that i use a lot for lord of the rings versus the hobbit because lord of the rings took the time to put like hundreds of people in makeup and costumes and that shit still holds up the hobbit was almost entirely cgi and it looked dated the moment it came out and it actually looks older than lord of the rings and i'm talking about the new the new Peter yeah Jackson. yeah yeah it it it, it was the Hobbit. I enjoyed The Hobbit more than Lord of the Rings. I'm a weirdo that way. I, I'm, I'm. That's my hot take. This guy's also a dick. <laughs> this like this him. guy's a dick, but he's a great. He's a great character. He's a and noble dick. Have you ever seen? You probably have never seen the the um, Army of Darkness, the third Evil Dead movie. There's an Eric Eric the Red in that who's a little like thicker, more, more. Um, more gristled version of this guy, but there's almost the same character. And there's a character in that one who's played by Bruce Campbell, who looks almost just like this. And they almost have the same relationship, you know, of just like fr this frenemy relationship. And they, and they also meet in a sort of, they also meet in a sort of, you know, position like one in captivity, freedom scene very much like this. And I wonder if that might have been a, a play on this. He's very uh, Val Kilmer and Bruce Campbell are very similar in a lot of ways. He's being very Bruce Campbell in this movie. Probably not purposely, but I think it's just his face. You are a weirdo for like the Hobbit. No, I have to say, I, have, I think I it's get a, to, I get a to see more the third. entertaining I, story. They stretched it out way too long. I wish it had just been. T uh, I, like the first movie, I was like, okay, I like how they're stretching this out. And by the third movie, I'm like, okay, they, they, y there's just too much fat on it. But the, the third one is the only one I haven't seen yet. So I, I, I can only say so much. I've only seen the first two. But yeah, like I, I, as someone who's read The Hobbit, I was like, why is it three movies? <laughs> Now it shouldn't have been three movies, but you know, I I think they were on a roll and they shot it fast and furious. Because that's and what so, that's part of the reason why like Lord of the Rings was so good. It was shot over what like seven years or something. Yeah, like that? no, Lord Lord of the Rings was like he was like not going to have too much fun with Lord of the Rings. He was going to work really hard to get it right. Such a Tonally and visually and everything, mu everything he was gonna get it all right, and he did. And that was the and the Hobbit at that point, like after the Lord of the Rings, the people weren't like, you know, going nuts for the Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings sort of pulled it off. So the Hobbit, he was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Peter Jacksony and do a high budget, low budget, where, you know, I'll use my high budget, but I'll make three movies out of it, and I won't. I, I I won't I won't be able to put the time. He could have made <laughs> the Hobbit look like the Lord of the Rings if he'd done it in one movie, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Ben Mortigan is such an I I love I love his arc though because he's clearly like a 
clearly a, like a bullshitter, but he's a lovable bullshitter who gets a heart of gold. Yeah, no, he's and and I I like it. They don't mess around. The 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 characters in their arcs have, were so tropey at this time that they don't mess around with too much of like making him a good guy. They do, he's sort like, of the same I, I all the way say, through. Like, you you can see the glimpses of it though. Like when he's talking yeah. with Eric, when Eric's like the castle fell, like you see it affects Mad Mordekin. Like he's like our castle, our castle fell. Like you see it affect him. Like oh my god, really? And so you see those like little glimpses of the hero that does come out later throughout the journey. Yeah. But like he's still such a bullshitter that like those glimpses are really well hidden. Like, you kind of want to trust that he's not going to lose the baby. Of course, he loses the baby to the brownies. But, I mean, like, you can almost kind of trust him here because you have already seen those glimpses of a good man underneath the bullshit. Yeah. Well, a lot. I think a lot of it has to, like, the way these characters, you, you perceive these characters as being kind of assholes is because you're seeing it from the point of view of, like, somebody from a family man from a village or somebody from like a low key life. And then they're out in the real world and people who are existing in the harsh real world are, have, are a lot more spiky around the edges. You know, you don't get just stories about us, Mr. Frodo. Yeah. Like, I want to know more about their relationship. They seem like they're really good friends, but we don't know why or how our background. And I know there's books. So I hope we get to like play with that a little bit. I love that the ba- <laughs> I love the introduction to the brownies though. They they're kind of hit and miss, but like I, I think they have such a strong introduction. <laughs> That's my baby. And also, I have a friend who works at a Renaissance fair in the mud. He's a mud beggar at the Renaissance fair, and since I'd never seen Willow, I didn't. I didn't realize he had stolen that guy's that one who shot the 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 one or actually the one on the the hawk. His I uh, they shoot like toothpicks and it still does damage. He he stole his whole costume and he's he he even paints the facial the same facial marks on his face. So he's actually the guy from Willow when he's working at the Renaissance Fair. I like this kind of twist on Gulliver's Travels too. Yes. And there was a scene in that Army of Darkness movie that that is almost exactly like this. That guy right there, my my friend at the Renaissance Fair, copies that exact look. He's got the titty out. (laughs) I just realized he's showing one titty. He got titty out. Just one. A shot like this is such a pain in the ass. And and I, I think the brownies are one of the special effects where you see some of the limits of the special effects. Like there was a one riding on top and you can see how like his mat is sort of like, like detached. You can see from kind of them. like the rope's not really cutting right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean and you'll see you'll see a lot of edges of green, <laughs> green screens with the brownies and stuff, or or you'll see like they, they only act they're acting in a certain little blocked out area. And when we get to uh, the first Ewoks film, we'll see a very similar scene to this. The, the, these, this movie is very Ewoks. similar. I don't, I haven't seen the second Ewok movie yet, but this movie is very similar in a lot of ways to the, 
the first Ewok movie, and 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 it's a lot more complicated and and has a lot more about way bigger budget, but. But like, yeah, like this is very Galadriel in a lot of ways too. Yeah. They're very. They're, they're, they're I love how of, they like they only think of I think this is a Peter Pan tribute too, because the brownies are kind of yeah. remind me of the Lost Boys and, and then you have the a bunch Tinker of Tinkerbell fairies. Yeah. yeah. And you also, uh, I love that they always use her full name, Alora Denim. <laughs> it's never just Alora. It's Alora Denim. Like that's well, her she's, name. She is prophesized, so you got to use her whole name. She's a she's a prophecy. I guess one of the books is about her as an adult. Is her. <laughs> There's like four. There were like four facial expressions. None there because he's holding the doll, obviously. But <laughs> something that I also kind of like is the wand looks like any old stick. It doesn't even look like, and and you know it's one of those things that like now with Harry Potter as a thing, like with the movies, like we saw so many wands and they're like pretty and stuff. Like I've I've made Harry Potter ones. I have one right here on my desk actually. But like it just kind of looks like a like a it's a stick. Old stick. It's a stick that 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 whoever picked it out liked. I like this stick. I like this stick. It's, it's, it's gonna be the stick. It's it's. I mean, it's a trope of this movie. It's about it's it's all about the person wielding the stick and not the stick. Yeah. The stick is just a is just something you work through. You know, it's like, a I'm, symbol. I'm to... One of my Harry Potter ones that I made out of a chopstick and hot glue and painted, and it's so much nicer than just. The fucking stick, but that's what I like about the stick. That's one of the things like that I didn't. Stick. That's one of the things I didn't like about Harry Potter is I didn't like the stuff like like your what you know you would find a wand that was meant for you and and all this. I like I like this approach. This is more of the more modern approach to the Force too, of where you know magic yeah. is just is you know he's he's going to be a wizard. Probably anybody could be a wizard and and do some of the magic tricks that the wizard that these guys do, but the wizard's only gonna teach them to somebody who's like got their shit together, like Willow. And like, uh, not to jump ahead too much, but like the movie is resolved because he doesn't do magic; he does the sleight of hand trick that he did at the beginning with yeah. the pick. Yeah, like, because you know what? It doesn't matter. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. That's that's that's. There's a lot of that in, in in here, and I always like that element. See, this is a nicely this is a nicely cut together shot with them on the on the uh, uh, like a, it's complicated tracking shot where they had to put that log. In. Well, they probably the log was probably there, but they had to have these guys running on a track similar to the log. The, here, they're probably on a real log set. But you could tell it's so much more complicated and, yeah, these and are expensive really to have like them interacting seven. with a character on screen. So they're so often just like the two of them just sort of. And that's how I think they're a duo character. So it, it makes more sense to have these shots of them together interacting to get to, together with each other, you know, because it's really expensive to put a, a real size person in there. I mean, like so much of this movie these days would be so much cheaper to do, you know, with our technology today that the, the, some of the stuff 
that was probably like this right here. See how he's just sort of floating free, detached in space. Like this scene was probably one of the biggest pain in the asses for them to do to make him look was fairly right in that. And it would probably be one of the easier things to digitally manipulate these days. Even then, it still holds up really well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, this stuff, I... I is there I'm a so, horse in the floor? I'm sorry. I, I'm so yeah, much... There's a horse just sitting in the floor. Sure, why not? Why not? I, I, this place is sheer... This place is filmed sheer chaos. You can't tell any... You don't get any scope of the shape or size of this place, and it's kind of cool because... That's how it would appear to someone his size, you know, with all these huge, violent people, <laughs> drunk, violent people, I, hostile. I just, I just had, like, gallivant flashbacks, even though this has nothing to do with gallivant in any way, shape, or form. I just had total gallivant flashbacks. Why is there a child here? There's a couple kids just hanging out there. Sure, why not? <laughs> Chris, I just watched... We're finally watching what we do in the shadows. And we just watched the episode where they go to the vampire bar. It's like episode four and like Nick Kroll owns the bar. But like where Guillermo goes into like the back room with the other familiars. That's with the children. They're just kind of there. Like yeah, just yeah. The familiars hanging yeah. out in the background. Oh, wait till you get to season two of that show. It's Season two is so great. Oh my god, we, we met the werewolves last week. And it fucking killed me how they just beat them with a squeaky toy and threw it off the that that you got you got to see the movie. The werewolves show up in the movie too. Oh, we watched the trailer for it, and we're all interested in it. The movie's very good. The movie's very good. It's 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 basically like a different crew of vampires, but it's really good. Oh, that is a very pretty cat. She's that's, she's very Bernice like. She's a little puffier than Bernice. She's got a little more makes to her than Bernice or he or whatever. I also, I will say this too about like, I hate when fantasy movies are too pretty. And I like that in this movie, they're not afraid to dirty up their characters. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're totally in peasant land. You know, they're totally like in, they're not quite in Monty Python where everybody's smeared with shit, but it's, it's close enough. And like, yeah. that was also, <laughs> in your, you'll see it in the Ewok adventure, which is lower, lower budget. Um, and and here for another for a kitty movie we're about to get rapey for for a kitty movie. Yeah, this scene was very uncomfortable. Eighties violent, <laughs> way more comfortable with being violent, rapey. And... I never saw that. He was like covering your face, and he puts the whole fucking thing over his face where he can't see for a minute. He just like throws it on his face. I never noticed that before. Oh, this is this scene is not okay. Oh, when he's like, do you want to breathe? I was like, oh, no, I don't like it. He flat out grabs her boob. Flat out grab boob grabs. Yeah. And now now they're now they're intimating that he's supposed to be nursing <laughs> this. That her husband also reminds me a little of Bluto from the Popeye movie. And uh, this one giant. It's Did so you ever weird. see Time Bandits? There's no. a giant. There's a giant in Time Bandits, very much like this guy. Not rapey like this guy, but just visually like this guy. I like how. It's I like a very how these. Gag, though, so I get them out of here. Well, these guys, 
it's funny. It, there's a lot that this is the second time in the movie where they're like right on their quarry and they end up sort of fucking it up. <laughs> By I like how they do it though. Like it's just like, hey, I fucked your wife. What? But, Bro. <laughs> but her character is her character is more like something out of Avatar or, you know, a Filoni story. You know, she's very, very uh shaded character for these days and female warrior character too who's pretty much in charge of all the you know there's nobody pushing around so i have to note this right here because my other gripe is the love potion which i'll get to later but i'm glad they established that prior to that love potion scene that they at least had attraction first because yeah, that, love well, potions are not a, are a creepy ass trope, and I like that it also wears off. So they have these moments of reflection as well, well and they actually that, naturally fall for each other. I I think they didn't communicate that as well as they should have. That like he was smitten by her, but then it wore off, and he was just like, I you know I don't like her, but then he actually does. And, and yeah, but it's like, post it's post love potion, and it's not just sort of blind like. Yeah. And and he sort of he sort of starts to... thinking about it when he saw that she was into it, even though he was on the love potion and doesn't remember it. And so like, it, it, I like that they established here that there was a connection before that, because I mean, I don't fully trust these guys to write an enemies to lovers trope very well, but yeah, um, yeah. especially once they like whip out the uh, uh, love potion element, I was like, yep, there it is, the not but, great part of it. But yeah. they do. I think they do a really good job, kind of like establishing stuff. Well, I think it's also like I think also the love potion part was their tribute to a Midsummer's Night Dream sort of thing, you know, which has some sketchy love potion action. Yeah, it, in it. does. Sketchy love potion action. I love me a man that can fight in a dress. Is there? There's got to be like kink. Porn, love potion porn. There's got to be love oh, potion that, that, porn. It's, it's a fan fiction trope, and it's definitely not a favorite of mine. No, well, it's kind of a late. It's kind of like besides being creepy, it's kind of it's kind of creepy and lazy. It's lazy, and we talked all about that in our Gravity Falls episode for the love god about the creepiness of love potions. And this is a good. This is a good. This is good. This is sort of a good light. This is a good light, sort of light tribute to the first Raiders movie. But like with all the special effects of like you have a little person, a regular sized person and teeny tiny people and horses and all this stuff and trying to keep everything here looking like it all belongs here and be a like. I love how the wheels come apart in this, too. They look that looks really cool. Yeah. But like keeping you this don't all looking see that very often is like wagons actually breaking from turbulence of running and fighting. Which would happen? It's a, you know, you don't get flat tires, but your wheels just crumble. <laughs> oh, I have played Oregon Trail enough to know that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever won Oregon Trail in like my lifetime of playing it. God, whenever I hear Oregon Trail, it takes me literally back to middle school playing on the VAC system, like, computer. And, and when it was, a, it was only hooked up during certain hours, but we had a few games that we could play, and one of them was Oregon Trail, and the other was Hanarabi, which was even earlier. 
earlier city planning sort of thing. But like, just like getting the like, the tumble like the the up and down motion of this and this to look right. That looks a little wonky, but it's just very very well done. I expected this to be really cheesy and full of kind of cheesy special effects, but like Warwick Davis turns out to be. It's too bad that he always is mostly doomed to be playing under makeup. You know. Because I think the only other movie he gets to really like, he's still under makeup, but his face is, he gets to face act is in the, um, the cheesy slasher movies that he was in. Is he uh, under makeup here? Because. Well, he's got film makeup on, but I mean, he's playing a, a human character and no, like, like <laughs> this is, this is, this is what, unless there's cameos and for the most part, Warwick Davis is, is usually in in you know like in an ewok suit or something like that oh i see what you mean okay and and this he's and and he has a he has a very expressive face i mean ah, Wilhelm like, scream number one yeah yeah of there's one that i think they pitched it up to to make it more high pitched but like yeah they they love their wilhelm screens and in, in this one but warwick davis like he his face acting his acting is good enough for like good close-ups you know i mean we uh i think we said last week that he's the highest paid um cameo actor of all time i love this scene it's like you almost killed us because you wanted to stop for a baby i saved the baby well you know what whatever (laughs) i love those dad moments of of that come out with willow I love that brownies are just so small and like earth toned that just for the most part Whoa, nobody notices them. For half them. a second, it looks like he was wearing a Jar Jar Binks hat for like <laughs> half a second. <laughs> like he had like the long, like kind of amphibian like muzzle that Jar Jar has, the one in the road. He looked like half a second, and I know it's like a like a wolf hat kind of, but it looked like Jar Jar for half a second. What's what's funny is Mad Mardigan's supposed to be like the joke is he's looking very feminine right now, but actually the combination of what he has on just makes him look Asian. <laughs> it makes him look like kind of like a like he's got a samurai robe and like long samurai hair, you know. There are times where I felt like they were trying to pull like, and I, and I don't want to say this because Val Kimmer is not Native American, but like at times he looked almost Native American at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like in the hair and stuff like that. Yes. Um, and I'm wondering if that was something that they were pulling from as well. Well, yeah. And also, yeah, I'm sure. It, it, I mean, it seems that they... It, Mobius, though, like Mobius's visual style was very much like that. So it might be from, you know, like character drawings that Mobius made. You know, he had a lot of people with like braids with stuff tied into him. I love me a hero that can apologize for making a mistake. Like the fact that he's like, look, I'm sorry. I lost my temper. Like, well, this that's, is that's just another good, like, character because he's like, quote unquote, feminized. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he's like this. This was more of a joke in the 80s of him being sort of semi in drag. And they're they're having a moment where they're talking about feelings and stuff, you know, and then he, he's got to like stand up and be like, how about that sports sports ball game? 
that's the way I'm going. <laughs> I love that you like headbangs to do it. Like, no. See, I don't know. His face is very Harrison Ford. Like if you just like seal off his eyes and nose and mouth. I do wish we spent like, and I, I get it just of its time because she's playing a very Disney-esque villain. I do wish we spent like a smidge more time with the queen. Yeah, she's totally, they, they totally just like rely on everybody knowing what the queen would be like. And I like this guy as sort of the Darth Vader, but he's kind of more of a grievous sort of stoogy sort of guy. He's just like, oh. I thought he was going to be the one that turned on her, to be honest. Because, like, she's slapping him around. He has this look of, like, don't fucking touch me. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's like the military guy to the end sort of guy. Yeah. I'm going to mute myself for a second so you don't hear me blow my nose. Oh. All right, well, we all know you're blowing your nose. <laughs> yep, it was just like that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm not letting the listeners be spared. Mine was much more daintier. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a nice, it's like kind of like a root or something. Yeah, but it looks like a, like a stick that you can like pick up, you know, and that's what I like about it. And he's. I like that Matt Morgan doesn't even get him down. He's like, how'd you get up there? What's going on, buddy? I'm in a tree. Cool, good night. <laughs> Happens. <laughs> hey, Mad Mardigan's seen some shit, you know? It reminds me of the, scene, the, the meme from iCarly where she walks in and like her brother has a, a smoothie and an ostrich. And she's like, what you got there? A smoothie? Yeah. <laughs> see these scenes to a Matt Mordekin spending time with Alora as well and he gives her the little nickname Sticks and I, I like because you know it's one thing it's just like he's like okay it's a baby I'm gonna do the same but we get to see them bond which is part of his his story. It's almost snips. It's almost snips. Now he's giving the baby now he's giving the baby drugs. Anakin would absolutely just be like here you go snips eat this black root. <laughs> it's good Here's, for you. Have a death stick baby. Look at it. She's totally like that baby's totally like, I'm nom 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 nom. Obi Wan would be the one throwing the death stick into the lake. Be like, no, Anakin. No. I like, don't worry. I'll get you some more. See, the head is like, oh, it's a mouse. Such a too bright of a background for a green screen, though. Their hair just goes, ramp. Everything's a big boat to you, tiny person. Little brownies. I just like that we have brownies. Like, they are kind of hit and miss throughout the movie. Because I was, I started thinking about it later. I was like, what do they contribute later on? And they don't really contribute much other than being comedic sidekicks. I like that we finally get him a sword, though. Because, like, he spins so much. And I mean, like, I'm a great swordsman, but we actually get to finally see it. Instead of him just being like a bullshitter and just being like, yeah, I have a sword and then he can't use it. Who are you calling 
God, the one of the actors, like the one with the mouse hat, reminds me of another actor, and I can't put my and it's a it's a current comedian actor, and it's not Nick Kroll, but like in that that kind of vein, and he reminds me of one of those actors in that vein of Nick Kroll, and I can't put my finger on it. I mean, Kevin Pollock was a is was is still a pretty active comedian. Yeah, no, but like he he, he seen him. Yeah, I probably have, but he reminds me of of someone in particular and I've spent like all day trying to figure out who it is. And it's not, it's, I'm going to remember it like three weeks from now and just be like, so-and-so like right in the middle of the Ewoks movie. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a, such a weird little set here. I like it. It's a very like sort of transitory set covered. Look at that. That's like three seconds before crying. Look, I, I, I'm kind of interested in this village because it kind of looks like half destroyed, half abandoned, and I'm like, what is the story here? Like, I when they were like, yeah, we'll go get a big boat, and I was like, there's no people here. Like, what happened to all the people? I'm like, I guess it's the skulls on the island. <laughs> this 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 scene reminds me a lot of this movie called uh, Black Moon by Louis Mal. That's a very surreal, 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 dreamlike movie, but it has like an old lady who's a witch but there's a talking there's a talking like oh what are the pygmy horses called this is so off topic but i love that cloud in the background go on what are those tiny tiny horses called ponies shetland ponies (laughs) shetland ponies there's like this really long-haired little shetland pony that like talks with the voice of an old lady and there's a rat that talks like with an old lady voice and this so this reminds out. me so much of of Black Moon the way that, except this this movie actually they animated lips moving. I was sad to find out. I was like, is that a sugar glider? And it's not a sugar glider. No. I had a, I had a friend that had a sugar glider, and it was the cutest damn little thing. And and now this introduces animal acting, and I. I don't know. I feel that that's a, that might be an animatronic puppet there from the ears. The way the ears move there, oh, that might be a real animal. Yeah. But when she's talking like there, that might it's be. It's too still to be a real animal. Yeah, it's got that sort of wired in, wired in Muppet look. Because even when it's not, even if it wasn't a sugar glider, that like, looks like a real animal. Critters don't right move like that. Yeah, that 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 and that looks that looks like a real animal right there. Like nowadays, that would totally be CGI, and it would look just like that. But not in these days. It's that that's. I wonder if is there something about it in the wikia. That's not a possum. I live in the south. That ain't a possum. Willow Wikia, you're drunk. Well, there's possums. There's opossums. It might just be a different kind of possum. Oh, it's a gray possum. Warwick Davis admitted that he was terrified when working with the Australian possum that portrayed the transformed Finn Reisel because the animal wanted to bite him whenever he came near it. In scenes where the possum sat on Willow's shoulders, Warwick was concerned about his earlobes. So it wasn't really animal on his shoulder. 
Nothing here in the Wikia says that it's a Muppet, so I think they actually just had a very well-trained animal. Oh, at one point she was supposed to be a red panda rather than a possum. I love red pandas. They're very cute. They might not be as easy to train or to find a trained red panda. <laughs> I, although I don't know how many one of my trained favorite one-liners. <laughs> I that, like that, her hat. I like the like ridges on her hat. That sets up my favorite one-liner of the movie. Of like, I don't like her. She kicked me in the face. <laughs> Which is a very Han Solo line of like, I don't like yeah. Leia, she kicked me in the face. Leia would absolutely kick Han in the face. <laughs> like, yeah, from like here to now, I'm like, what are the point of the brownies? Other than comedic. No, they're always, they're always tagging along and they're always sort of like, they're, they're always there in support, you know? And that now they become sort of Chekhov's brownies for a little while because they got a long way to walk, but they're always gonna pop up it with with the help, you know. They're Chekhov's always... brownies sound delicious. <laughs> yeah. But they're like they're you know, they're secretly poisoned, so they'll just like destroy you. <laughs> or they have laxatives in them or something. Chekhov's brownies. <laughs> you know, I, I like this too because I like that Willow's not immediately like perfect at magic either. It's something that he has to work at the entire movie, which is always good because I don't like it when heroes just like perfectly well, do stuff. There's the intimation that that like his wizard, like when she was like, He sent you, you gotta learn some real magic. That basically like he's gonna learn from that wizard the uh, sort of village practice not like gandalf save the world magic but like practical village <laughs> magic which is make a bird appear from a coconut and you know so basically basically versions of stage magic <laughs> so you know at, the moment he said i hate that woman i was like they're gonna fall in love yeah oh yeah enemies to lovers yeah well sort of you knew she was gonna turn because there's other bad guys so like why have her as the main bad guy and then old skull skull face kale captain I kale like that uh man mortigan picks him up that's very sweet nice little... i actually thought this scene because she rode ahead i thought kale was about to double cross her like you found the baby yeah that I'm gonna take it and run, bitch! Bye. Like the way the way she rode ahead, I, I it almost felt well, like it was her going ahead to be like, no, he's not gonna cut me off. And I'm like, maybe I just watched too much Game of Thrones and I'm just expecting if, like treason. <laughs> no, at if, all she times. Was, if she wasn't the boss's daughter, he would have totally taken the baby and just taken credit for capturing it. Yeah, and and, and that's the trope though. So I like that they didn't fall into that trope yeah. because the moment that she like ran ahead, I was like, oh, he's about to double cross her. But no, no, they didn't. They're all working together. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore him, Willow. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> you better get ready. <laughs> like, I'm not ready yet. Well, sorry, pumpkin. Time to get to work.
Muskrat. <laughs> you know, this is very interesting, though. Um, going back to actually a conversation we had during Star Wars Visions, where we were talking about how, like, age was the great equalizer, because she didn't realize how long that she had been transformed. She, because she says, like, I was a, be- I'm a beautiful young woman. I'm gonna crush this army the moment I get out of here. But then when she transforms, she's like. Oh my God, I'm old. I don't have the power I used to be, which Look, felt, which feels like a nice connection to us talking about Star Wars Visions last week's episode. What about this? What about this? She wasn't transformed for a long time, but she just aged in in um, mouse years. In mouse years, yeah. That's interesting. In, in great possum years. So you know, like a great possum year is like. Yeah, I don't know. Let's just say they're like a cat and it's seven years to... I love how everyone's just like, concentrate, Willow, but we're going to keep talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Willow, 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 Willow. This is very the thing. This is some body horror right here. Though I do like how they use the crow. Like, there's a scene later on where, like, they're hiding and Alora's crying and the crow, she just flies in as, as the crow and just starts screaming to mask the baby crying, which is a really cool use of. Yes, the that was a, that's a neat scene. That, that, that transformation there seemed very practical effect style. It didn't seem like maybe it was one of the, it's when the, one of the later ones where they use the morphing. The early forms of CGI. Why doesn't he fall in love with Willow? I I had that thought at some point. I was why does like, he so fall? Why does he fall in love with one of the brownies? I, I had that thought too because we saw the brownie fall in love with the cat because that was the first thing he saw, and I was like, why is he not falling for any of the men? And I was like, oh, it's the eighties. Yeah. The eighties, of course, he has to fall in love with the lady. Like it, I actually feel like it would actually. I'm going to say this and also have a like a, a little footnote to it. It would be f- a fun scene, but it's also the 80s, so I don't think it would be a really well done. No, it wouldn't it scene. wouldn't have been uh yeah, it would not it have been, been very uh, badly it would have been done pretty cringy, literally. yeah. It might have played well then, but yeah, it would be a uh... I like that it turns Val Kilmer's character into a bit of a doofus, though. Yeah, (laughs) well, that's what I like. The love potion minus bonding with something just turns you into a surfer doofus. Like a dingus. Though, I think it would have been cute if, like, it cemented his love for Alora because he'd been like, this is my daughter. Like, because um, it wasn't until I read the wiki at the end that he and the girl and the lady adopt Alora, which is not clear at all. Like, they actually adopt her as her parents. I was like, really? (laughs) <laughs> that's a thing and i was like so that would have been a really cute scene if like he was just like oh my god you're my daughter now i will die for you <laughs> that would have been very cute yeah he goes full himbo it's cringy though but it's also funny well I wanna... yeah he's he's getting a little sleep touchy creepy here but yeah i mean that and this is the the cringiness of tropes but of you know which is i mean glad it's not just the it. 80s it's fairy tales and myths and legends too of very creepy rapey 
but I like that they do play it up to be a little dingusy too, because like he starts walking away. He's like, "But I love her." Uh, there's still enough. Oh my god, that... he somehow reminds me of Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> it's it's Anakin. It's just like, oh, but but Padme's here. He my goes Jedi like vow. Shakespeare my... in the scene too. Screw that Jedi vow. Oh, you're. You're right, you're right. I see the Midsummer Night's Dreamness because he does kind of go full Shakespeare in the scene. It is very Midsummer Night's Dream. You're right. Girl, you could do better. <laughs> Just say it. Kick him in the face again. Oh! <laughs> Shanker, Easy yes. There, yes, yes. Have that. That is some. Stuck on their snow. Though I, that, that goes actually back to what I was saying earlier, though. Like, that's clearly fake snow on his shoulder. But, like, they didn't miss that detail of he fell in the snow, so they still have the snow on him in the next scene. Which is, I like when they have continuations and stuff. That just means they have a really good eye for those, like, continuations and stuff. And, yeah. What goes on here? What, goes on here? <laughs> what kind of grammar is that? What goes on here? <laughs> Well, 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 what's all this then? What this all is? He's got a very dwarf-like face from Lord of the Rings. Kale? The guy who just bursted in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Captain Kale. Teddy's out in the snow. I like that he finally has his sword, and we get to see that he is actually good, not just a bull. Well, he is a bullshitter, but he's a bullshitter and good at what he does. You are brave. Aw. <laughs> Bust his ass. I will say, it, it, I died because it's so cheesy, but when he comes rolling up as a snowball and it's just a perfect cylinder, it's, I lost my damn mind. That is really how it would work, though, if, it, if that worked. That is really how it would work. And this is also another thing is, in 80s snow chase scenes often were really like a combination of this and bad blue screens they pull it off in this one there's no, they i i don't think they green screened much if any of this it's all very there might that like that might be a miniature scene or they might have just sent something down a real slope but Probably since stunt doubles down a real slope. Just some dummies strapped to a <laughs> sled <laughs> for a shot that that far off. But see this this shot here, like a lot of times, would be done like them in front of a green screen, and that's really Val Kilmer and and Warwick Davis on a something with a camera strapped to the front of it. That baby. Baby's just like that that's a green screen. Hundred <laughs> percent the baby is not on that sled right there. Right hundred percent that's two stuntmen on the sled, but still. This is a little episode one. Of the Avatar? No, episode one of Star Wars. Uh the the there's maybe it's because I've played the Pod Racer game so much, but there's a, a tattoo part of tattooing in Pod Race where it's right down a little similar tunnel as that ice tunnel there. 
I like that it just sort of people are just sort of like, oh, somebody crashed into our house again with a baby. I I do like the the villagers in the scene. Um <laughs> so stupid, I love it. <laughs> I mean, it looks fairly real. It looks real enough. No, but like uh what I was gonna say um is the trope of what they would what what they would normally fall for is the bad guy shows up and immediately the villagers turn on them and I like that they don't do that because they're already hiding the other soldiers and they're like we will hide you come with us because and I and I like that because um they uh you know they go against the trope. Yeah, like that's the trope. Like normally they'd be like, "Oh, they're after you." Well, we're just gonna shove you out there. Go right. bye. And we're gonna hide. Yeah. Oh. Val Kilmer and Joanne uh, Joanne Wally, who plays the lady, the love interest. Met on Willow, and they actually got yes. married short yes, afterwards. They, they had kids too. Aww. Oh, it didn't last though. Until they separated they in 1996. <laughs> they had, I, I, you know, I was like, should they? I say they got divorced, and I'm like, of course they got divorced. <laughs> it's Hollywood. John Cusack auditioned to play Mad Mardigan. That could have worked. It just would have been different. But yeah, I I don't know. I think Val Kilmer was perfect for it. And like, really, like if you've what the hell is the name of the movie? He did uh, a movie with the guys who did Airplane that was sort of a, a parody of World War Two and Elvis movies. And is low key funnier than the like police squad and the airplane movies. And he was play, basically playing an Elvis sort of adventure, you know, a, a rock star who got involved in, you know, foreign intrigue. And he's just a really good comedic actor, you know, uh, like straight, not comedic like Jim Carrey or something, but comedic is, is like a straight role that's kind of goofy or, or has comedic edges to it like this one. He's really good at it. And he he didn't he stopped playing them after a while. Like he didn't play that many of them. He could have done a lot more of them. Cause a lot of times in, in movies post star Wars, when they had a Han Solo like character, they were often played by somebody who was like, kind of more yeah, like a game boy. show host than like an, or, or look too generic of an action star. And whereas he's, he's a better actor and he's got more personality to him. Oh, I am so glad you die. (laughs) I don't like that character. He's just like, oh, I'm so brave and normal, uh, noble, but I'm not going to help you at all until the end when it benefits me. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm dead. 
I do like this for Mad Mordigan. He's like, I serve them. I serve with Willow. <laughs> well, he's he's one of his bad friends from the old days. Yeah. <laughs> are you? <laughs> I've known you for two days. Are you? <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's thieved a bit. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. That baby is so fucking cute. I mean, he Willow just saw him steal that sword. <laughs> No, Eric gave it to him. No, no, I mean the one back in oh. the in the camp when he was. When he... Well, there was nobody there to stop him. Still stealing. Is it really if everyone's not dead? If everyone's not there and they're all dead? Yes. <laughs> I guess then it falls. It's called little... grave robbing. I was about to say it falls in everyone's grave robbing. <laughs> So damn cute. We're soldiers, though, because like the moment they're like, and grab our weapons, let's go. <laughs> ha! That's one of my favorite, favorite sword and sorcery surprise attack. Ha! Oh, yeah. I will say, I love the end battle and how, it, like, well, like the one where it's just Willow and Mad Mordigan and the castle by themselves and they pretty much home alone the battle. <laughs> yeah. It just, just turns into a big, like, romp of home alone. <laughs> and it's so smart, too. It shows their ingenuity together and why they're such a good team. Yeah, a, a lot of these movies, like, I, they're refreshing to see nowadays because in the 80s, they really knew how they had to know, like when you were doing a high, qual high quality movie. This is a great, great scene. But if you just climbed up one of these, you could just take a plank and just keep <laughs> plank in a straight line. I mean, they did that in The Mandalorian where they had the blurgs and they're like, only the blurgs could jump these high things. They didn't go into the valley because that's where uh, Din got his ash jumped by a bunch of Trandoshans. So they had to, like, take the blurgs across the tops. That was, like, what, episode two of Mando? Which we'll get to very, like, in a few weeks. I mean, two people riding a horse like this, you're basically having sex. Like, you're having Mormon sex right now. You're having Mormon <laughs> teenager sex right now. <laughs> Those two are soaking right now. I mean, you've have you ever ridden a horse? I love that her hair is messy. Sorry, I just had to note that. I love that her hair is messy and it's not perfect because she's been wearing a helmet and they never fixed her hair. Right, and right. It goes back to like I love when fantasy movies stay dirty like that. Yeah, this more Mormon sex. <laughs> that's that's Mormon sex, hu hugging each other, spooning on a horse, a moving horse. <laughs> I can't well, use his name. I'm just playing on. Hey, you've, heard, you've heard of soaking, right? No. That's that. This is this is a trick that Mormon he teenagers. Him in the throat. <laughs> this is a trick that Mormon teenagers have been using to like not. Look at that! Look at that doll. That that child's just a doll. Um. Uh, where where Mormon teenagers, you know, they're of course forbidden to have sex. 
But what they do is they'll get the guy and the girl on a bed and he'll just put it in. But they don't move. <laughs> and, and it's called soaking. And I've never heard this before. It's a, it's a more <laughs> recent thing. And, and sometimes they will enlist friends to jump up and down on the bed. It's technically not them moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and, and you know what the amazing part of it is? It totally tricks God. He doesn't even see it. He's like, I don't see it. Not. No, no, totally. You guys are legit. You you got me. You got me on this one. The guy who, you know, smoked somebody because he, like, pulled out. See, this I thing love- with the, the people in the rocks is really neat looking. It's really creepy looking, and it's... It, I thought that was going to come I thought people were going to yeah. come out of the rocks At some point or like this, 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 I will just, say, there, like, just there I love that too I love that that sort of stuff But it, like I totally was expecting To have more that, I mean that looks really neat That looks like a rock and like plexiglass At the same time And I, I will say like from Realistic the movie the, shit too I will say that from the time they get to the snow village Up to this point I did feel like the movie dragged just a touch. Um, yes. maybe, it, maybe it was just because this was the part I, I stopped it to eat lunch. Um, but like that part feels like it dragged. No, just that's a- where they could have taken out like 15 or 20 minutes. Had this a cool hour and 40 minutes. I think it yeah. would have like been a really super fast minute moving hour and 40 minutes. And Although, now like Bush I said, if I was a kid sitting in the movie theater, I wouldn't feel like this movie was long. It, it like, there's nothing like boring about it. There's just like, yeah, it's yeah. almost like when you think about it, it's like, okay, not a lot happened there. They're just sort of moving, moving forward. Yeah. Mad Mordigan finds himself in the swordsman Toys R Us. All right. I think here's where we, we come in with the, the morphing technology. No, it's later. Turns him to the goat. And of course, talks like a goat, talks like the Goatman from Star Wars. I can't get over his name is Kale. I'm like that sounds delicious. Hmm. <laughs> Turns into a fucking goat. I love this scene though. Like I. I actually could have like sat in the scene a lot longer and like taken out some of the snow scene because I love their ingenuity. I love like seeing... there's a desperateness like to get the door closed and then they have time like to because they actually have to do the practicality of we must we must cut down a tree to make a battering ram and like so there's a there's a practicality to the scene. Yeah, it's and not they didn't like bring any like... archers. They don't have any archers with them, which was stupid. And so they like all that. Well, no, look at this. She's got arrows right on her. She's got a quiver of arrows right on her back. That they should have been shooting arrows. That would have been more exciting if they were shooting arrows at them too when they were coming at the door. But I love scenes but... like that because it's like that the weaponry of the, those days had such limitations on it and was so. And yeah. they, it's just like we gotta find stuff to throw at them that's heavy. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I like about this scene because, like, I think when we when we watch a lot of high fantasy, like, they just automatically have things. Yeah, they just made. go bring up the battering ram, and all. And of it's already it's- made, but you actually see them make the battering ram because it gives them time to set up too to like home alone the castle. And so although, I, I think that's so although they, cool. They really did clean this off. This scared that the log. fuck out of me, though. I this scared the yes. fuck out of me. 
Yes, I, very effective special effects. Very effective, and although the trolls just turn out to be basically the apes from two thousand and one, but I, I, they, they, I was like, it's not how funny the apes, but I actually kind of like that it's not like a traditional like troll look. Like you think troll, and you think like you know big monsters with like bulbous muscles and no, they're like relatives of the wicked witch flying mo- the flying monkeys, except with mange. This is so gross. Ugh. But and like, like even like you. But like, how imaginative is this? This is just yeah. bizarre. This is basically like the thing by John Carpenter, and I like he's just like yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and then it's like Gremlins, where it's like it hits water and starts <laughs> turns into a fucking dragon. Turns into a kaiju. Yeah. Murder! Did he just throw the crossbow at somebody? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the scene too when he runs out with them. He's just like, ah, wait, I'm on the wrong side. Ah! <laughs> this, this movie has really good situational comedy. Like, yeah. and it shows that like you don't have to have like pretty one-liners where I feel like a lot of writers and, and directors fall into these days. Like. This is a really funny scene where Matt Mordigan runs outside and he realizes he, he ran into the enemy and he's just like, Well, that's, that's oh, the fact. They're all, they're all so scared and distracted that they're just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's such a good situational comedy like moment. And it's, it's fantastic. Ooh. And these guys, these guys are pretty, uh, pretty, pretty creepily designed, pretty creepily designed. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a Return of the Jedi shot right there. <laughs> I like that our subtitles actually says, when it says take that, it's. T-H-A-A-A-A-A-T. <laughs> ah. I'm surprised it didn't say, like, goat talk in, like, parentheses. <laughs> I'm double- pa! Ah, ah. Like, that's, that's the gunslinger shot of him just going, pew, pew, pew! <laughs> I actually like this, because I thought that the wizard was bullshitting about the acorn. And yeah. so to, I was like, oh, they actually do turn to stone. Oh. And so I, it, it made me smile because I was like, oh, it wasn't a bullshitty shot. Like, the wizard is not full of shit. <laughs> I did think for half a second Willow just got the first time I watched this. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a war- movie where Warwick Davis is torn in half. Boot to the head. Oh, and now she gets the bottom hug. Like your skills. You have the skills to pay the bills. That's it. The scenes of them crawling on the building remind me of this old BBC adaptation of Dracula that had, like, Harker looking out the window and seeing Dracula just, like, scaling down the wall of his castle like that. I, I love that Matt 
Mordigan isn't like perfect either. He's like, I'm gonna catapult myself and just plops on the building. Just whack. Yeah. <laughs> it's not graceful. It's more or less like, how it would work. I know, and that's what I like about it, because like, you know, you would have like the superhero landing where he'd be like, land on two feet perfectly, and it's like, no, he just splats against the building and yells at a monkey man. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. You know when you can just tell that an actor is having a good time? I get that from Val Kilmer in this movie. I think he's just having the best time. Oh, the the, the squish sound that just made. <laughs> There's something about horses inside buildings, too, that just, like, does something for me. I'm just like, it's because I think it's just one of those things you don't always see. I'm just like, oh, horse inside a building. Because it's kind of awkward. Because the horse is just like, I don't know how to walk on stone. <laughs> I've always just loved horses and buildings. I don't know why. It's a silly hope thing. Ah, so. Get it, girl. Ow, they're, ow, go they're going. They're, they're going to Ron Howard. Ron, I think we're gonna have to do another take of the kiss. <laughs> I love that the head just like explodes. It's like I got stabbed. I I wish <laughs> I I sort of <laughs> wish it would have lived with the the other head, like living on with just like the flopping other head. They've that's happened in kaiju movies before. See this the the whole this whole thing with Eric Eric the Eric character and writing in at the end is totally an army of darkness. I'm so, you can tell we're we're not He-Man watchers because we'd be making Skeletor jokes at this guy all the time. Yes, I got the baby. Yes, I got, I got, I got the baby. Run away. No mercy. No mercy. That's the best Skeletor I could do. Ah, it kind of sounds like someone doing an impression of. A playthrough of Undertale. <laughs> ah, Thans! I'm a virus. I do think we had just, I wish we had like just a smidge more time with the, the woman character. I do think her turn's just a touch quick. Just a touch, like the, just a smidgest of quickness. I wish we had like a smidge more time. To be like to so it's because she she's just like oh you said well, nice words to me and I watched you fight so now I'm madly in love and will give up my mother. It would have been more in, it would have been also more interesting to see like um, her relate like a little more shading on her relationship with her mother. I was about to say the exact same thing because there is one scene in the beginning where the mother is like my child can't do this you're worthless right now go to your job and yeah, like yeah. having a little they, bit more of that like they give you just enough that you can sketch it in in sort of a tropey sort of way mm -hmm. but they you know that it doesn't really fill in the details of like you know I actually thought like and, and this is gonna sound absolutely horrible. But, like, the scene where the mother slaps Kale, if she would have slapped the daughter, that would have cemented the point. Just like, well, oh, yeah. nope, she's going to turn. Yeah, that's the thing is you don't, you can't really tell if the daughter hates her or loves her mother or both. You know, you can't really tell. Her or fears her. 
or fears her. You assume that she all of those are in play, but it's not really you. You're not really shown that. You would just assume it by the nature of of this character. Because <laughs> like the mother was so short, she was like, "My daughter would never turn on me," and then she's just like, "Oh, my daughter! She, oh, she's dead to me. Dead." I love the practicality of all this, though. It's like, all right, well, we're going to just set up camp and hang out. <laughs> I like that she's just like the the ritual. It's it's fun. The ritual is just like her, th- like all her followers are like, oh, she's finally going to get to do her ritual. We've been hearing about this goddamn ritual for 30 years. I was like, why don't you just stab the baby? <laughs> Which sounds horrible to say, but I was like, it'd be so much faster if she was just like, oh, it's. Kill I'll the just, baby. I'll just chuck it off chuck it off the roof here. Yeah, like that would have been like so much faster. The end. No, no, well, yeah, like, yeah. This ritual takes like twelve hours to do. And, no, and it's to put the it's to basically put the baby like in the phantom zone or something, put her somewhere where she can't yeah. harbor. Well, if she, she's totally she can't harbor, she's dead. She's totally evil. She's evil enough to kill a baby that you know, so like this is a side thing that was just sort of underdeveloped, but kind of cool at the same time. Yeah, Rah, pigs. I do like it, though. She's so thankful. It's, it's very American werewolf in London. This is a little bit of a Palpatine scene, though, of just like yes. episode three, just being like, I've won. <laughs> I'm going to have fun now. You're all pigs. <laughs> Let me throw us in a building at Yoda now. Squeal. Squeal, Yoda, as I throw the Senate at you. Oh, no, you say? You're going to be the piggiest piggy. What is a Corthon? Because <laughs> I was like, what does she turn into? Because she's the only one that, like, we don't see her turn into anything. She just kind of falls over, and then she's fine again the next day. And I'm like... Mm. A little body horror there. Yeah. Gotta put the BDSM straps on the baby. Now that, yeah, I know. Now that, now that you, I can see the words <laughs> of it, they actually have the that. word. They actually have the word "baby" in his in the magic spell he's doing. And I love her mummy look. Yeah, I yeah. She's a mummy under her 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 evil queen from Cinderella. I thought that was gonna have something like she would like turn it like like it was like a nod to that, but no, it's just she's just wearing it. No, she's like a yeah, like a Cenobite from Hellraiser. Oh, there's a Bob Odenkirk wizard. Well, we have. The the brown the the two brownie piglets although they would it still seems like they would be smaller than that. And I will destroy her, but I won't. We'll just bitch slap around a bit. Slap 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 slap. Here's your scene, the transformation scene, which is creepy when they go just like goes up like it's being 
like like quartered. Yeah, but that like I'm like on talking to you. The problem with a lot of the early morph stuff, yeah, she just turns into an ostrich. It oh yeah, so actually cool. yeah. But like with with old morphing stuff is they wouldn't have them sort of move into it, so it would just look like a picture of an ostrich turning into a picture of a tortoise and stuff. This makes a move, so it like. See that's that's still pretty good for that's still for really good morph technology. You can see it's a little little goofy, but it sort of works in the. Naked crone. See, Willow did it first. Game of Thrones. <laughs> there is like little like little tiny nods. I feel like George R. George R. R. Martin might have stole from too. Oh sure. Oh, you can't do any of it. None of it. None of it can probably be done without Lord of the Rings. For but they all like feed off each other, you know, and they all feed off like, like you know real history and stuff like that god this must have taken forever to turn them back one at a time yeah i know it. why can't why you just... just stab the fucking baby why can't you just do a one and done like the the evil person on all of them and just yeah exactly exactly that's uh, the 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 it's, it sounds the, so gruesome. I don't mean to be so gruesome, but I'm like... No, but that's... I mean, the, the, the prophecy is that the baby's going to defeat her, so it's like, it's 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 not that the baby's going to defeat her unless you put her in a pocket dimension or something. It's just like the baby's going to... So if you throw the baby in the... If you throw the baby in the fire, hey, it's not going to defeat you. It's going to be ashes, you know? It's going to be It's going to be like a watermelon if you chuck it off the top of the parapet there. I'm listening, little man. The baby's like, oh, bitch, you crazy. Get over yourself, Eric. Go die soon. Like that basin they have the baby in looks so gross. It's so like, it's so like gross for a a movie like this. I like it. Me too. I love Sorsha's armor right there. All right, we've got to decide who's gonna go and who's Come on, movie. I gotta pee. <laughs> Eric, you piece of shit. <laughs> I like how there's just one fresh one up there. You know, you gotta keep the place lively. He 
you can't be like all evil. You have to be slightly fancy. I do like this ruse though of hiding the horses in the holes. Like nobody would see them digging all night. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they need everybody for the ritual for 12 hours. And who put all the dirt back so perfectly like that? Laid all the rocks down like they've always been there. But, you know. Movie magic. Rule of cool. It's funny. There's like a piece of cloth on the ground behind him that looks just like a skull laying there. See, I, I totally thought the hair would have more... And I guess I, on one hand, I kind of like that it wasn't like some like magical, mystical, like right. love thing or whatever. It, but I, that, at the same time, like I, I guess I guess that's the summary of this movie. Like this is a movie that goes against like a lot of tropes, and that's what I really like about it. Well, it's not just like it's not just like going from one thing to an. You must seek this. The, there's only like they they have to seek her and they have to get the baby to safety, and it's like. It's not. It's not a movie of MacGuffins. And it's yeah. It's not Ross. a movie full of like you must. You got to go steal this from the sacred crow and bring it back to me, and then we must put this together with this, and that will. Def- you know, it's it's none of that busy work shit that I hate in these movies. It's it's. It lets you sit with the characters and learn about yeah. them and learn to love them. And... I mean, in the in the end, it's all about just what Willow has to do to to understand what he has to be to be the wizard in his in his village, which is going like, to be interesting like because. Well, yeah. Sorry. Now, if they make the new Willow, and it's supposed it's supposed to be like thirty years after this Willow, you know, he he should be the the village wizard, and it'll be interesting to see how that's I... portrayed. I do like that line of patience, Willow, and he tells himself, no, courage, Willow. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's such a good line. I See, I don't say, know. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the theme, and I don't know what it is, because it fits every time they use it. But I, I think it's like... Maybe it's very because, James Horner. It's, And I think it's maybe because it's the same theme in every scene. Like, you know, like, they'll have a yes. theme and then they'll, like, they'll change it up. They'll use it in different, like, he might yes. use it slower or a minor key or something like that. But I think it's because it's the same song every time that it almost feels like, I, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. At first, I just assumed John Williams did the music to this. And then I was listening to it and I'm like, it's very John Williams-like. But James Horner has like James Horner did a lot of Star Trek movies too, and there's some stuff that was reminding me of Star Trek. But the the main Willow theme, the the triumphant theme, like I had to look it up, and like James Horner said he was like using several classical pieces that I'd never heard of for inspiration for it. But I almost heard a little bit of the Ewok music in it. And it, it just like a sort of like a, a, a little bit of it that was almost like a more of a triumphant thematic, ver, you know, instead of the sort of playful thing. But the but the sort of sort of notes. And I wonder if he put a little of that in it because Warwick Davis was in it, you know, just as sort of a little tribute to, to Wicket and and all that. But, yeah, it's not it's not 
particularly memorable, you know? Yeah. I remember it's... I hear it and recognize it in the movie, but I can't play it in my head right now. Even, it's, that, you know. it's just that, that dun, 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 dun. It's, it's kind of, uh, there's her Palpatine face. Yes. Absolute like she... power. So one thing I like about this in battle too is it's none of like the traditional like warrior guys. It's two old ladies, Sorsha and Willow. It's yeah. not like the like the knight in shining armor. It's it's the non-traditional people who would be fighting in this kind of battle. Mother don't. You are the chosen one, Sorsha! The chosen one. Away. I have the high ground. Now we're looking very Last Jedi. Now, now, now she looks straight up like a man. She's straight up got man face, like middle age. I like that shot because it's just like, what other bitch? I stopped you. I'm a middle aged creepy guy now, so what? <laughs> so am I. I am also middle aged creepy. Wilhelm scream one. my foot number four now. Three or four. Now you die. Come, you get a death. And you get a death. You <laughs> all get a death. <laughs> I love the like firework sound. Just the pew. You're gonna burn me. I'm gonna ice you. Ice, ice, baby. Dun, 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 dun. I just. <laughs> she moves like Palpatine. Not now that you've mentioned yeah, that. I yeah. can't unsee it. And and that looks like the, where Obi Wan stuck underneath that pillar in in um, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. <laughs> I just spin, 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 spin. <laughs> I just watched a video of a turtle under like a little like, you know how like. Tanks have like movie running water, and it's uh -huh. just a turtle just spinning because it's stuck under the water. Just da, 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 da. and I watched it like yesterday. So when I saw this today, I was like, "It's a turtle!" Just spin, 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 spin. This is a good fake out. Ah! Ah! She poking her face. <laughs> Don't pop me in the face. Yeah, that, that's, I this is also was very be... much like the Army of Darkness where there's someone plays dead and like someone's going to poke it and one guy goes, don't do it. It's a trick. And you see the person laying there like one eye open up. <laughs> I, I actually thought they were going to break the wand here. And so then like Willow would yeah. have to upon like his own magic, his own internal magic. Um. So I think it's interesting that they didn't go that route. Oh, I love this critter. Love this like pot critter, this pot spider. It's very. It, it, it reminds me of the mechanic droids in the in the trilogy, except for the bone, all the bones inside of it. Oh, I see that. It, it reminded me. Um, there's an enemy in Kingdom Hearts in the first Kingdom Hearts game in Agrabah, 
where barrels just grow spider legs and then just like crawl after you. Um, that's what it reminded me of, but yeah, I can see that too. I like that he spits on him though. One last dick move, like, ow, oh, you stabbed me. He's, he's like, go ahead and spit on me. I got my skull mask on. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's raining because it washes right off. Goodbye, my frenemy. You were a dick the whole, the whole time. It's Hollywood raining where it only rains like in a, in a one line in front of you. You know nothing. Not, ac Jack's not actually on you. <laughs> you know nothing, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Death twitch gets me. Just the... <laughs> I love the death twitch. Come on, man! I'll fight you! I'll fight you all! Hurry up! Hurry you up. get a death! And you get a death! You all get death! <laughs> Die! I do Don't like Kale is do. also very much that like one note evil villain of just like, I fight! Ah! I fight, you die. That's my character. Ah! Actually, though, him cutting the mask reminds me of uh, Rebels. Yeah, of Ahsoka cutting the Vader mask. And like you see Anakin underneath it. Oh. Ah! Actually, though, I will say this scene strongly reminded me of I forgot who it who it was, but it's in the like one of the last episodes with the character who kills the mountain, but he's just getting the shit beat out of him, so he dies in the process. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's what this feels like, because it's like, oh, this guy just won't die. He gets stabbed it's, like it, five isn't... times. Is it? Is this the character that hung out with like Arya for like five seasons? What is that character's name? Isn't it like the dog, the dog or whatever that I kills don't... the mountain? I don't remember. Uh, the hound? Uh, the hound, yes. The hound. The mountain. dog. Doggy. The mountain. Game of Thrones. What is... Oh, Sir Gregor Cregan. Alright. Let's go, Game of Thrones with Kia. How'd you die? Who killed you? Oh yeah, I forgot you turned into a zombie. That show. I love it. She just flat out punches her in the face. I that's I love it. I love it. Just like like you know, like this isn't working, and it's just going to be me punching you in the fucking face. Pow! And then she just chokes the fuck out of her. I love old lady. I love when old people fight, which sounds weird to say, but I do. Yeah. This is such a good scene! It makes the whole cake scene so much better. I'm a sorcerer. I'm a Jedi. I'm a great sorcerer. Sandor. It is the hound. You're right, it is it's it's Sandor. He he kills his brother. You're right, you're right, okay. This is a cool scene though. It goes back to what I was saying about how they go against tropes. Like, you feel yeah. like, yeah, she's about to win, and then she's just like, no, it's a fucking acorn. I have so much more power than that. So he has to outwit her. 
and it goes against the trope of like that would have been the magical MacGuffin that fixed yeah. everything. I like how she's still a little stiff as she still has to give herself a little bit of a like shake out after it, but she's totally getting Palpatine body language and everything. This is such a cool scene for Willow. Just outwits her. I'm going to bullshit you now because I learned from my friend Matt Mordigan how to bullshit everybody. Well, she was an idiot. She turned her back on a magician. Yep. And a prestidigitationist. I've learned how to concentrate when people yell at me all movie long. <laughs> yeah. That's all I do. I do it like it's my job. <laughs> just the, the gas up, just like the, oh, you did it. How? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Your juicy juice is down. Apparently, though, this entire scene was handled. I was reading about that, but I was looking up about them. They can uh, render you're, all these effects. You're very quiet. Can you hear me now? Yes. Sorry. I might have forgotten to unmute myself. But no, I was saying, um, when I was looking at Val Kilmer, they hand rendered that entire effect of her dying. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like some an drawn animation. I like it. It's just like. I'm here to be the shining knight. Oh, so smart. We do the old disappearing pig trick every day at our restaurant. Mm. This was the other part that I was a little bit confused about. I was like, were these all the people frozen in the castle that are now free? Like, where did all these people come from? And why is there a wizard there in the background now? <laughs> this little joke right here, too, I almost missed, where the brownie takes off his head and it turns out he's bald the whole time. That's such a fast little joke that I, I missed and I had to go back. I was like, did he just do it? I think he just did. Like, this is not clear that they adopted her. Look how much more color there is in these this scene than... She's got her hair did. Yeah, she finally got her hair did. He doesn't. <laughs> he still looks the same. Ah, that! That's such a funny little joke that I almost missed the first time I watched it. it was I, want one of the, I want one of those acorn hats. Those are awesome. I actually, I when I was looking up Valcomer earlier, too, because... Um, this movie holds the world record for most little people in the scene because it beat out Wizard of Oz. Huh. They said like something like 240 background artists. I was surprised how fast the movie wrapped up. And 
<laughs> That's because you're used to the Lord of the Rings where it takes where it has, like, minutes 12, to wrap up. Like, 12 endings. But, like, even then, like, it's, like, maybe five minutes between them defeating the, the witch to the credits. And I just, I wish there was just, like, a smidge more there. But I love, I love them. Their love is so pure. Their love is my, so pure. My boss has a daughter. One, one of the, my boss's daughter who actually works with us is named Kaya. Their love is so pure, Chris. His daughter looks like these little dolls that my sister used to collect when we were little kids. That were like babies with oversized. Well, babies have oversized heads anyway, but they were. I liked going into this movie like knowing nothing, like really nothing about it. And it was just such a fun romp. Like, and just, it, it holds up so well. It's such a timeless little movie. I honestly thought this was going to be a movie that I was going to be like, you know, if I saw it in like a lot of the John Hughes, like, you know, Pretty in Pink or or his comedies, his teen comedies from there, Ferris Bueller and stuff like that, where I really liked them then, but they haven't aged as well. And I see it like, and I thought this would be something like if I saw it then, I would have nostalgia goggles for it and I would, and I would love it. But like seeing it now, I would probably be like, eh, that's not done very well and blah, blah, blah. And it was just the opposite. I think I would have liked the, I like this better now as if I would have seen it when it came out, like when I was a freshman in college. And I, I think that's the power of fantasy. Cause when you have something like pretty in pink, you know, it's very of its time. Um, and it, it's almost like you're looking at a time capsule. But something with fa- like the thing about fan- fantasy is it can be timeless because it's not set at any time. You can take liberties with it, and as we were saying earlier, like the sound designed by Ben Burt, and like the the like the um, what was I saying? Uh, like the dialogue we were saying earlier is very uh, modern, but it doesn't feel modern because right. it has that timeless kind of talking about it, like like like, like when they talk. Davis yeah. and Zimmerman. They don't get first names. No, it's <laughs> it's an agent. Uh, I'm sure it's the Davis and Zimmerman agency, and I'll bet probably, you Davis yeah. and Zimmerman are probably were are probably like either were either 90 years old at this time, or it was their kids running it. You know, yeah. <laughs> they were like around in the 30s I, or something. I was reading about like George Lucas's like what he was going through because at first they couldn't find a studio, and finally he went back to I believe it was MGM because the person who worked there was the person who greenlit Star Wars. But even then, like yeah. they were like, I don't know, it's a fantasy movie, George, and he was like, Tell you what, if you cover the cost of the movies, we'll cover the cost of the TV stuff, and they're like, Done. <laughs> No, I don't want to update my 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 hmm. virus scan right now. Bernice is back. Hi, Bernice. Miss Bernice. I, I, I'm surprised I she was up. able to stay off my lap for for two hours. I'm the only one home, so she's she's definitely hot to. She got some new stuffed fish yesterday that she's wants me to throw at her. Oh, well, so 
that I'm so glad that we watched this. This was a lot of fun. I actually um I forgot where I was going. Oh, uh, you know, I thought it would feel a little bit more Star Warsy, but it's cool to see George Lucas do something like that's just in a different genre. Especially like if you look at something like Strange Magic, which should be the same genre, but it sucks. <laughs> I heard um, it wasn't that good. I've um, I've seen clips and it's not great. Um, well, it's going to be interesting because I think Willow. I think this is sort of like the culmination of the two Ewok movies. I think the two Ewok movies sort of set up his idea of like, I want to be sort of, I want to do some stuff for little kids, Disney style. And uh, the Ewoks movies were more made, although they were released theatrically in other countries, they were more of a made for TV thing here. But uh, we're going to see a lot of DNA for, for, I'm I'm really interested to see your reaction. I think the second one is going to be better than the first one, but the first one has some interesting stuff going on in it, including if they'd done the prequel trilogy, like right after Return of the Jedi, you you'll see your Anakin in the next in the Ewok adventure. So, uh, just listeners, so you know, because neither Chris or I had had gone into these like i think you've seen the first ewok but not the second right i've seen it but i literally haven't seen it since since it came out the first or the second or both the first one i never saw the second one i haven't okay seen the so like one. we are going into these kind of cold um because i've never seen any of these so this this is gonna be fun because uh yeah i'm very excited about this but warwick davis month is off with a bang because i really 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 enjoyed willow I think this is going to be the best one of all the uh, other of the ones we watch, but I think the Ewok adventures are going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I, I think they're just going to be fun, and oh, yeah, I'm excited. So, well, did you have anything else about Willow that you wanted to talk about? I do not. All right. Hey, we well, had two hours to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So, where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That's our website. And we keep all our podcasts there. You can sign up for our RSS feed there. Or you can find us on Facebook where we have the Two True Freaks podcast page and the Two True Freaks Cantina where you can sort of hang out, see what, what shows we're putting up, talk to us, talk to each other, talk and talk and talk. And if you're, uh, if you want to do it, we're on Twitter. Search for Two True Freaks on Twitter, and then you'll find the Two True Freaks page where we'll put up all our posts and stuff. And that run by the intrepid Gene Gene the Wizard Machine. I was about to say, why I was are you trying pausing, to link it to Willow? I just I'm too tired. To... <laughs> I was in here going. Why are you pausing? I gotta pee. Come on, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come on, Chris. I gotta pee. Trying to move along, but that's where they can find find me. Where where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at Guys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter accounts. You can also find me at Hope Monax. I am also a writer for the Geeky Waffle, where you can also hear me on episodes of their podcast Space Waffle. And I've also been on their podcast Straight Out of Home Video. Um, so you can hear me talk uh, with my fellow waffles over there. And I also have my website, Geeky Girl Experience. So we have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. 
Um, so next week we're doing the first Ewoks movie. This is fun. I, I like this. This is a fun. And we're going to continue work Davis month. Yes, we is are. Is Davis actually in the Ewoks? I believe he's in both of the Ewok. I believe he plays Wicket in both of the Ewok movies. Let me Google this. I don't want to officially <laughs> dub this as um, Ewok Month without knowing for sure. So. Wicket, Wicket is probably is pretty much the lead Ewok in in that. the The two lead characters are Wicket and the little little golden haired girl, little golden haired curly haired girl. And I think she's in both of them. Uh, let me... Uh... The first one you'll find under Caravan of Courage. Oh, there we go. Um, He is in both of the Ewok movies. Yeah, he has. So cool. So it is Warwick Davis month. Woohoo! Well, play Wicket. Well, uh, if you don't have anything else, I guess we will see you next week for Ewoks, guys. Yes. I'll see you next week, everybody. They came for the Willow, but they stayed for the Ewoks. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. I love you all. Have a great day, night, time of day you are. I have to pee. I'm going to leave. Bye-bye. Bye. This is where you should play the pee song. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. 
We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids. Good night. We're off? Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards.